Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Today, I'm so excited to have Angela Ficken on our podcast. She is from worrytowellbalance.com, just using that.com. It's actually worrytowellbalance. And she has created this system that I'm so excited to hear more about her story, how she's learned uh, to create more balance and how she teaches others to do the same. Welcome. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. She's, she's, she's in Boston. I'm in, in California. And uh, it's just amazing that we can be together. I know it's not, but I'm still amazed <laughs> that it's possible. And yes. um, very hopeful that our conversation will be of value to our listeners today. How did you come into creating this business, Worried to Well Balanced? Um, it's been a journey. Um, I guess I could kind of take you back quickly to how, how I got to this moment in time. Yeah. Um, Worry to All Balance actually formulated during COVID, um, just trying to get a better sense of how do I, knowing that everybody, not everybody, many people are stressed out oh uh, and have to um, deal with a lot of uncertainty. And I specialize in anxiety disorders. A lot of anxiety is uncertainty. Uh, and so now millions, billions of us are experiencing this uncertainty on a dime. And how do I get people access to the skills I teach so that no matter where they are, they can access skills immediately and skills that are easy to use. That can be kind of fun when you get a hang of it. They don't need to be in therapy or come see me. So that's where worry to well balance kind of came from during the pandemic. Um, but in terms of my love of the work I do, it started, picture Angela as a wee 10-year-old, um, and I was in therapy myself. My parents had gotten divorced years ago. I mean, years prior, they separated when I was 11 months old, divorced at four, so I never knew them together, but it was around 10 when both started to date more seriously, and I had difficulty with that. And both mm. of my parents, um, both loving and supportive, were large proponents of mental health. So I had a therapist and it was this, this woman, Dr. Thorbeck, who was my guide and this one person in my life who held everything without judgment. I could say whatever I wanted and it would be safe. Mm. And how lovely for this you know, 10 year old to kind of have this experience. And she lived in this beautiful house. She had great clothes. She was so warm. I'm like, I want to be her. So at 10, I knew that I really loved this feeling of being held and wanting to do that for other people. Yeah. And then just kind of never looked back ever. <laughs> uh, and through college and then career, my goal was to be essentially Dr. Thorbeck, hang up my shingle, call it a day. Um, and at, through my work at McLean Hospital, which is a psych hospital, working at Harvard as a primary therapist, I finally hung up my shingle 
uh, and it was there I thought I was done. Um, but as entrepreneurs understand and business owners, you know, your journey's not never really done. Um, I was getting feedback from people in my private practice that the skills I was teaching them were incredibly helpful, oh, that's great. which is great, but I was also a hard find and Boston's not that big of a city. And I thought if other people are having a hard time finding me and literally you can, you could walk the city of Boston, most of it in a day, who else is out there that might benefit from what I'm teaching? And that's when I started writing a blog Then I started writing for Huffington Post and it just like kind of catapulted um, into something I never thought I would do. Amazing. Um, that's so, incredible. Yeah. So you just followed. Just you followed yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I think it's a really helpful reminder for a lot of us uh, because you just don't always know where it's going to go. And then here you are. Yeah. And you know, the research is showing that during the pandemic, that anxiety disorders have increased substantially. And I know that my, my daughter has been really struggling with anxiety disorders. And I know a lot of her friends are, and it's, it seems to be kind of like an epidemic of its own. Mm-hmm. If you can even call it that. Yeah. It's the, people are feeling it differently, the isolation, but uh, even if not isolated, the uncertainty and uncertainty has always been there. Uh, it's not like it's brand new. We're just more aware of it. Um, and the pandemic over the past two years have really kind of pulled back that layer of the onion uh, that most of us weren't aware of because we were just going kind of day by day, kind of in the grind. Uh, and then having to all of a sudden press pause on lots of things have ha- really made people kind of shift and have to rethink how they were kind of living. Uh, and that's kind of brought about a lot of anxiety and stress. Yeah. And I mean, the women listening to this podcast are definitely, you know, type A, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they're the, the CEO of their households, of their, you know, they're the chef, they're the everything, the cleaning lady. Um, they're also the CEO of their businesses and their marriage um, and their parent. you know, it's really intense. Um, and a lot of kids have not gone back to school. And that's why women haven't been returning to the workforce. And I'm saying all this because, I mean, we try so hard to keep it all under control so that our kids don't have anxiety. So our husbands don't have anxiety. So, you know, our family members don't. And it's, um, it's kind of like an illusion, isn't it? Cause we don't really have control. No, we don't have control over much. Um, and I think it's okay to admit that, um, and it can be empowering. And what I try to teach in my practice and also in my own life to model for my daughter is uh, that it, you don't have to be okay and I don't have to be okay, but I can use strategies to manage and I model that, right? So um, mommy's crying right now because she's stressed out and I'm crying can be helpful, taking deep breaths and just like modeling that can be um, just helpful for our kids uh, and those around us. It's not about being perfect. They don't need, they don't need perfect. I know. I know I've been in therapy for a while uh, on and off throughout the years. And she'd be like, mom, you're disassociating. I'm like, what? what? I'm like, what do you, <laughs> like, that's kind of pathology. That's like pathologizing me. I'm like, how should I respond to that? Or she'll be like, mom, you're just way too relaxed about that. It was so funny. We have our like little banter going on. Um, but she's got some really amazing skills that, um, and she's been, she's been, uh, she's really, you know, she's really gotten a handle on it. And we don't, we didn't, we chose not to do the medication, um, you know, which a lot of people I think go to, um, but building the skills uh, is definitely 
it's definitely been a process. And it sounds like uh, you also have this program that you mentioned that's helping people to build the skills. Yeah, so I, I decided to write um, a course on stress management and I see it as my mini dissertation because it's literally everything I know on how to manage stress, how to manage anxiety, um, the skills, the training I have. I wanted something that would be robust and that in the seven modules that it has, that no matter where someone is in their life, they can always go back to it. So it's mm. a course you have for life. So if it's stress at work, there's a module for that. If there's issues with sleep, there's a module for that negative thoughts and how to start reframing and thinking more clearly, like thinking your way to feeling better. There's a module for that. So you could do it all in one or kind of take a module at a time as kind of stress happens in your life, knowing that work might flare up, personal life might flare up. Um, like this course has your back, right? That's my goal. Mm, I love that because I know that um, the clients that I work with oftentimes are feeling overwhelmed and this is something that's ubiquitous. They don't want to admit it, right? They're my client. They can tell, they tell me, but they're not going to want to admit it to anyone else. And they're just feeling underwater all the time. And it's paralyzing. They simply can't move forward with their health goals. They can't move forward with anything, their relationships. And it's, it's, a, it's a, real, a real challenge. Is it really all that different how to manage stress from your perspective, whether it's at work or at home or in your head? It, it definitely can be because all relationships are different. Um, you, some things at work will happen at home, right? So certain expectations or desires, communication styles will kind of translate. Um, but how we think about ourselves with our partner versus how we think we are at work can be very different. Um, how we take feedback at work is very different than if our partner sure. gives us feedback. It's like, what do you mean I'm perfect babe or versus you know your boss saying, hey, this is feedback. It's like, oh sure, like I, I totally that. understand. So it, yeah. it it's all across different relationships. So while they can definitely translate to each other and build on each other, um, some <laughs> skills will be needed elsewhere. Yeah. That's valid. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm someone who writes methodologies for different, you know, co life change, you know, pro you know, different protocols for different lifestyle change methodologies. And so I noticed there are just these threads, you know, that go through it. And so as I was sharing with you before we uh, started recording, it's like, you know, I have stress in my life, right? I do. And there's anxiety attached to that frequently, especially because there are a lot of unknown factors. <laughs> right? Here's, here's the setup. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I think I had a lot of coping strategies that I've developed over the years because, you know, I've been a single mom. I've been, you know, an entrepreneur my whole life. And, um, you know, I feel like I've been kind of in fifth gear for like 17 years. Yeah. Since I was 18, but definitely for 17 years since my daughter was born. Cause you know, when you're a parent, you just like, you need to like manage it all. You need to handle it all <laughs> in a different way than pre pre children. And that, um, I think for the longest time I was like trying to, you know, like keep it all handled, you know, and then just in the last like four years, uh, I've realized that, um, I'm resisting so much and it's my resistance is actually causing a lot of the drain, and exhaustion and, and you can't, I couldn't keep it up. 
I, I just, I'm like, why am I going into menopause so early? Like, this is not normal. I'm eating really healthy. I'm doing all the lifestyle stuff, but like stress, stress, doesn't matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're eating kale and sprouts all day. Stress is going <laughs> to like, it's going to yeah. come after you. Absolutely. It will find its way in your body or in your mind one way or another, if you don't pay attention. But it yeah. seems so counterintuitive to be like, okay, I need to reduce my resistance. And in doing that, I was like, oh, I actually need to accept, forgive, love myself and let go. Um, but it seems so counterintuitive, but so much has opened up for me. I mean, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that methodology. Yeah, I think it's it's wonderful and hard, right? It's just like to achieve that space of mind is wonderful and, and I'm sure needs, to, it will tending to like anything. I think for me, um, the letting go is still a struggle and it's kind of this push pull of sense of doubt. Like what if this doesn't go well? What if I do poorly the what ifs? Um, what if I'm successful, right? What does that mean? And the excitement of it, but then also like the almost like, oh, good, oh God, right? It's, yeah. Uh, and so what happens? You get, stay stuck. Uh, and it's trying to lean into or kind of uh, what has helped me kind of get to a place where it's not perfect, but I'm there more often is kind of my mantra of if it makes me anxious, do it anyway. Mm. So if anything, if I get any sense that something is making me anxious in the business related sense, like I now have to go do it. Um, and it has been incredibly challenging. This is even like behind the scenes, like tech stuff. I am not a tech person. I will kick that can down the road so far, but <laughs> once I know why am I doing it, it's because I'm anxious. It's like, well, now, Angela, you got to go do it, right? And so I will do it. Um, it doesn't mean that the next time I do it, I'm not anxious, but I start to build confidence and the um, ability to believe in, and then all of a sudden, like more opportunities come, uh, business starts to grow, anxiety shows up, stress uh -huh. shows up. Love it. It makes me anxious. Do it anyway. Hold yeah. my feet to the fire. So it's like a muscle. Been, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm hearing you say. Cause it's the same thing that happens, right. When you're working out, it's like transformation happens, but emotional transformation is, uh, is different. It just feels different. It's almost yeah. easier to build a muscle. <laughs> it's like well, it is burning. Like, we well, have a manual for it, right? And you kind of have an idea of, right? It's like you can kind of pinpoint it on the emotional sense. It's like there's no manual. You, every brain is different. Every experience is different. It's it's a, it feels so so much more murky. Um, yeah, well, that's why your program is so great because actually it does help you to navigate navigate what usually feels overwhelming. Navigate what paralyzes you. Um, not you, but anyone listening. I mean, we, we're all in it. Like I've, I've never met anybody that's not like not in it. Even the wisest people like, you know, gurus or sages, it's not that they don't have it. It's just that they experience it fully. That's what I've noticed about them as I've observed them. It's like, they're angry and then they're angry, you know, and then they're sad and they're really sad, but then it's gone. It's like next moment. And this doesn't mean they're like, you know, multiple personalities or anything. It's just that there's this totality. In right. it. it doesn't, it doesn't, tsunami them or wash over them where it's going to impact their well-being or ability to kind of make wise mind decisions right it's just the allowing of the both and like you can feel angry and 
make a good decision. You can feel anxious and lean into it rather than I feel angry, I need to withdraw or I'm feeling stressed, I'm going to feel irritable. So it's the both end of you can feel stressed. Like there is, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can guarantee you will feel anxious, you will feel stressed, uh, but you can learn how to manage it more effectively so that what once used to stress you out or kind of make you feel anxious no longer does in the same way. Um, so that's kind of like the, yes, it's just, yeah. That is really beautiful. It's really wise, wise words. If you just were like checked out just now, I suggest you rewind 30 seconds and listen to that again. Cause that was gold right there. Cause it is a practice and um, we can make space for it. I think that's part of that formula that I'm practicing right now is, you know, that acceptance piece, like, okay, I, I got to make space for this. And it's, uh, it's can be challenging because it's uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it, you know, no one that I've met so far is like, sign me up for these messy feelings, <laughs> just get rid of them. And often what we'll do is we just either maladaptively cope. So we reach for things that aren't helpful or we avoid, we push away. Um, but that stuff just shows up at some point. So through like our body, migraine, stomach issues, feeling dizzy, right. Um, or negative thoughts. So if you don't tend to it, I mean, it's still there. Um, even if you're kind of kicking it down the road, it's still this kind of running stream whisper. So it is, and it is a challenge. Like I'm right there with, with you in the, and I teach this stuff, right. It's just like, right. like you're saying, it's, um, a constant tending to of, holding your feet to the fire um, and using strategies to kind of get you through it um, in like the most kind of effective cushioned way. Yeah. And I think being held and supported by a program or by, you know, a, a friend who's capable <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or a therapist like yourself. I mean, are you still doing private practice? I'm still doing private practice. And I think that's been um, my own kind of balance of, you know, full-time practice and working on worry to well-balanced uh, and how to divvy my attention and mom and family and, you know, all of these hats is many women are, you know, you oh, know yeah. this kind of, this is what we do. This is uh, what we do. Yeah. So it's that, it's just that straddle of, you know, the, where to put attention and taking risk. So yeah, that's just, uh, that's kind of where I am, like needing my attention mostly of, I could have a full-time practice, but that means my attention on other things isn't there. Right. Um, yeah. It's yeah. tricky. Um, and I, I have to say that, you know, I've worked with thousands of people over the last 20 plus years and the how-to is always the easy part at the end of the day of what to eat, what to do, what are the practices, lifestyle practices for vitality. But this, what we're talking about today is the secret sauce. Like if we can have a system that we can ap apply like in the moment, uh, it, is, it is the moment where massive um, forward, you know, massive health outcomes, improved health outcomes occur. And, and this, this is the piece I mean, if, if, if you're looking for vitality, folks who are listening, this is the piece dealing with our, our anxiety, dealing with our emotions, dealing with um, how we how we function in life so that it's it's not as um, 
destructive. And I say destructive because like you said, kicking the can down the road, like avoidance, procrastination, um, hiding, you know, whatever we do, we're all doing it in some way with our health, with our relationships, with our careers, um, parenting, you name it. Um, so how do like, do you have any, any tools that you use outside of the ones that you teach and you've shared with us today to, to try to find that balance, uh, anything that, that you, it could be as simple as like your calendar app, you know, like, I'm just curious if you, what you use. I, use a, I, I definitely have a calendar app. I think what helps me just be more mindful of my own self-care um, is five-minute breaks. So I call it brain breaks. And I've radically accepted that my desire for 20-minute walks every day just isn't going to happen in my life right now. Um, but what I'll do instead is I'll take five minutes and I will walk outside the backyard, stand outside, I'll walk around the house, do some laps. Uh, if I don't have time. Um, so moving my body is very important. So I try to take five minutes where, because I do sit all day, um, especially working from home. Um, I do sit all day more before I would walk to work. So I would get that movement in. Um, so my favorite strategy is brain breaks. It's five minutes up max and I'll get a snack. Um, I'll, you know, do a scroll or something if that's what I need. Yeah. I'll, ta I'll take a walk, but having those moments of refuel, um, help me manage my daily stress because by the end of it, it's just like, okay, well, I've had my 20 or 30 minutes throughout the day of me time and the way that I can get it. And it helps me feel good. Uh, and then through the week, I will get in my 20 minute walk, but I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be every day. Mm. So I tend to think about with my brain breaks, how do I want to take care of myself today? And that's me making myself a priority through kind of all of this. I love it. Uh, which allows me to kind of have the trickle down effect that if I can give myself, give to myself first, most of the time, right? I start with myself and I can give more to my practice. I can give more to my husband. I can give more to my daughter. Um, and then that kind of meets, meets the needs. Um, so a five minute brain break. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's five my... minute brain break. And that is such a huge tip for women listening. Cause I think we do think it needs to be elaborate. You know, it's gotta be like the 45 minute, every, you know, stretch or the workout, like, you know, five minutes can make a huge difference. That's a great reminder to give ourselves permission and, and how much of a difference it can make. Really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. It, add, it adds up. So I highly recommend it. You'd be surprised what five minutes can do even a few times a day mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the week, check in to see how you feel on Monday from Friday mm -hmm. and see if you notice a shift. Um, and then if you do kind of keep it going, I highly recommend it. Love it. My daughter does it. She's really into it. She uses the word radical acceptance too. She was really into DBT for many years. And uh, yeah, she, DBT, she could, that's yes. She could lead those groups. She's so good at it. I'm like, I'm so impressed by her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just having those skills as a young adult um, mm -hmm. sets like years, light years apart, right? Um, that yeah. a lot of young adults don't have access or know how to use strategies to manage the distress um, that they feel. So um, she is well-equipped. <laughs> so, that's been the greatest thing to be a parent. Um, so when you're really tired, and we're just about out of time, but when you're really tired, what do you do uh, to restore yourself, to regain your vitality? I uh, tend to 
make time for like solo Angela time. Uh, and this is, this tends to be after my daughter goes to bed. Um, I will carve out one hour. Uh, so she goes to bed around 7.30, she's four. Uh, so I still have that 7.30 bedtime. Nice. So uh, that is my time where I read, um, I'll starfish in bed, I'll FaceTime a friend. Um, you tell. I'll throw M&Ms in my ice cream. You know, it's like, <laughs> that is, that is my quality hour where it's like stretchy pants. Let's go for it. Um, and so that is something that, yeah, that is where I, I get it. It's really important to have that time. So many of the women that I coach don't have that time. And it's, it's when they do start to make that time for themselves, they stop sabotaging. So that's a great reminder to just like play, do what fills you up. And it's different. It's not the same thing all the time, right? It, yes. It doesn't have to be the same thing. And it doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing. Um, yeah. I love it. Any last words of wisdom you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I would say, um, you know, Two things. One, if you can find a mantra uh, that will help you stay grounded and centered. I think, as I said, mine is, it makes me anxious to do it anyway. So finding something that can help you manage your own self-doubt uh, and knowing that you've got this and to think about slivers, not chunks. So with goals in mind, instead of thinking about the whole piece, which can make us feel overwhelmed. And then again, kick that can down the road, sliver it out and think, okay, there's 50 steps to the goal. What's one thing that you can do today and just do that thing. And then next week you do that one extra thing. So over time, it does add up just like those five minute brain breaks. It does add up. Uh, surprisingly, the small little sound bites give you the most bang for your buck. Such great advice. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. This, I was, this is wonderful. Um, just to, to be here and talk about it. This is great. Yeah. So worry to wellbalance.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And that's where people can find out more information about the program that you're offering and connect with you, right? Yes. Yep. Awesome. You can find me there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. I mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.